Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. Our God is sovereign. His kingdom reigns supreme. He declares in his word, Turn to me and be saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn. Truth has gone out from my mouth, a word that will not be revoked. Every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess allegiance. This scripture is a call to everyone who has ears to hear, whose ears are open to hear from God, and who's, who has eyes to see whatever it is that he chooses to show us. It's a call to look at us as a nation, ourselves as a nation, our life as a nation, and the very survival of our nation is at stake. Because of the times that we're in, there's heightened activity in the heavenlies. There's warfare that's waging. And the warfare, as I've said many times before, is between two kingdoms, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. And it's specifically focused on which kingdom will rule. The times that we're in now are times of such deception, such rebellion, such activities, unlike we've ever experienced, I believe, during this century of our existence. And so it's very important that those of us of the household of faith are busy drawing people to the Lord Jesus, sharing with them the good news of who he is, and encouraging them not to be discouraged, as well as encouraging ourselves. When God completed making his creation, he said it was very good, which means it was legal. It was in order. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, and it's the A clause of the New Living Translation of the Scripture, it actually expresses our Creator's response to what he had created, that which he had created. It reads, then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. See, God has established an order, a rhythm, a flow of things in the earth. And everything reproduces after its own kind. God is a God of divine order. There's nothing out of order in God. Even before time began, when God the Father predestined that the Lord Jesus was to redeem mankind and Jesus entered time, the world at that time was in God's appointed time in order, the order that was prepared for Jesus to enter into the earth realm. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, and it's the New International Version of the Scripture, it reads, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. 
Now, at that time, the Jewish people were under Roman rule. And they were operating under Jewish law. So that's why the scripture says that Jesus was born, first of all, of a woman. That means that he came into the earth realm and he was housed in the womb of a woman, just like any other human being. Any other human being that's born here on earth, they are in a mother's womb before they come through the womb into, into the earth itself. So Jesus, in alignment with God's order, the time that God had ordered before the world began that he was supposed to come into the earth and how he came into the earth, just like any other human being, by being in the womb of the woman. That was important because God would never break his established laws. He was born under laws, I said, and that means that they were still under the, the people of Israel or the people of God were still under Jewish law. And they were under Roman rules, as I said earlier. Jesus says when he spoke of this, he says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, and it's the New King James Version of the scripture. It reads, then I said, this is Jesus speaking, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Jesus expressed with those words that doing God's time, the timing that God would have him to come into earth, into the earth to redeem mankind, he came to do God's will, to do what God had predestined for him to do. And it was in according to the order of God, the way God had established the order. And God wanted to make it clear, the Lord Jesus did. He said, do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. This was very important because when he was dealing with the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the religious, the religious rulers, they thought Jesus came to do away with the law of Moses, but he clearly stated that he came to fulfill it. What he meant by that is the law of Moses, and let's just take the, the, the first five books of the Bible. They're called the book of Moses. They're also called the Pentateuch. And that means Penta means five. So the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bibles, and I mean Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those are the first five books of the Bible. And it's also called the Torah, T-O-R-A-H. Jesus wanted the religious leaders to know that he didn't come to do away with the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, which is the books of Moses, nor the Mishnah, nor any other writings. He came to fulfill it. He was the fulfillment of what was written in the books. And that's why he said he came in the volume in which it was written of me. All of these books were written, speaking of Jesus, speaking of the foreshadowing of the Messiah. And he wanted to know, wanted them to know that he came to fulfill it. That was very important that he established that. So it wouldn't be any confusion over who he was. So he came to fully accomplish that which was written. And also he mentioned about the laws and the prophets, the prophetical, prophetical books of the Bible, those who speak of the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the prophetical books. He was speaking of that. And the law, of course, I told you about the first five books of the Bible. He just wanted to make it very clear. And I wanted to emphasize this too, is because when God brings forth his order, the order that God established it, 
It includes when Christ came. Christ also was operating in God's divine order. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40, it reads, and this is the New King James Version of the scripture, let all things be done decently and in order. I thought about that scripture last week as I was meditating on the meaning of God's order. I viewed on Twitter, it was a celebration in an open square in Philadelphia of people that were assembled after the announcement of, of Joe Biden being projected as the winner of the election. And it was nothing unusual at all about this assembly, just groups of people celebrating. And as I watched, and again, I said it was on Twitter, I was watching it on Twitter. As I watched the people that were dancing, they were waving flags. And when I looked at the group closely, I saw what looked like a, a wave. You know, sometimes you'll see a, a human wave of people that are in the audience at a sports event. And it'll be each section will, will be a wave at a time. And people will usually be motioning like it's a wave. But instead of a wave, what I saw sweeping through that particular audience was that the crowd started to chant. And they were chanting profanity referring to President Trump. And the chant didn't go on very long, but it, it was like a wave. It, it spread throughout the crowd that was there. And it was very disturbing, quite disturbing to me. And as I watched it, I thought about the scripture when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, he says, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. And he goes on to say in the next verse, verse 37, and this is a New Living Translation of the scripture. He says, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. See, we have to be very careful what comes out of our mouth. That second scripture, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. When we stand before the Lord one day, we will give account to everything we've said in this life. And these very words will either acquit us, meaning not guilty, or will condemn us, which means that we will be guilty of them. And when I watched these people, I saw people who were driven by their emotions. Their feelings dictated their behavior, and it also dictated ultimately what they said. Their actions were really flowing from the condition of their heart. See, we speak what's inside of us. Whatever is inside of our heart, that's what comes out. And then as I watched them, I said, this, these statements in this audience, this group, reflect the heart condition of our nation. A nation that's divided, a nation that is angry, and needs the Lord Jesus. We need healing that only he can give us. Today's episode of A New Creation is healing of a nation. See, when a nation is ill, all you see is people behaving in ways that shouldn't be acceptable and they should never be accepted as normal. What people are usually doing is they're acting out their fleshly desires 
talking about healing of a nation. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21, and it's the amplified version of the scripture, it reads, Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, which means total irresponsibility or lack of self-control, idolatry, that means you put other things before God, sorcery, that's when you're practicing either witchcraft, you're practicing dark arts, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul wrote here in Galatians, he basically gave us a list of those practices. And when he says practices, what he means by that is a lifestyle, living this way every day. People who are living this way are being driven by their sinful nature. Their sinful nature is leading them. And all decisions that they're making are a result of their sin nature. See, whenever you see the rise of people's sin nature on display, and it becomes almost like an everyday practice for them, an everyday way of living, when you see that, that means that the church, the body of Christ, the government of God is absent. It's not in its rightful position. It's not engaging the culture like it should. It's not making a difference and being that which God left us on this earth to be. Whenever the church is focusing on the cares of this life rather than the work of the kingdom of God, there will be a proliferation or a rapid increase of darkness. Talking about healing of a nation. And that's what we see in our nation today. The Holy Spirit placed in my heart regarding the future of the United States of America. These things to consider. First, he said the life of our nation, whether our nation is thriving or it's, a, it's abundant, experiencing the abundant life. As, as Jesus speaks in John chapter 10, verse 10, in the New King James Version of Scripture, it reads, Jesus said, the thief comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so the Holy Spirit was speaking first of life in our nation being that of the abundant life or the Zoe life that Jesus is speaking of in John 10, chapter 10, the B clause. Second, the condition of our nation. What is the condition that our nation is in? And you get a glimpse of that, of looking at and observing what's going on around you, or even what's going on in the lives of your family and yourself. What is the condition of our nation? And he also said for me to focus on things to consider, the very existence of our nation. Will we be a nation 30 years from today? Will this nation exist 30 years from today? 
in 2050. God has given that decision to us. Every person on the face of the earth has to decide the question that Pontius Pilate asked the Jews. And it was in Matthew 27, verse 22. And it's the A clause of the scripture. And it's the International Standard Version of the scripture. It reads, Pilate asked them, then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? How you answer that question will determine where you spend eternity. That is the most important question that all of us on the face of the earth will answer because it has everlasting implications. How do you heal a nation that is sick? Talking about the healing of a nation. First, we begin by acknowledging our condition. See, whenever a nation is more concerned about the economy than human life, whenever a nation elevates a woman's right to choose over the life of an unborn baby, whenever a nation redefines marriage and it redefines sexuality, it redefines gender and raises Halloween to the level of a major holiday. See, all of these things are indication that a nation is ill. And it opens up doorways. It opens up portals to the spirit of the Antichrist. See, we need healing. In the book of Revelation, Apostle John shares a similar experience about healing when he was on the Isle of Patmos and he had been exiled. And in Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, he describes what he saw. And this is the New King James Version of the scripture. And it reads, and he's referring to a, an angel. John says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Do you hear that? The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. In, the, in this, this passage of scripture in the book of Revelation, it referenced the tree of life. It says in the middle of the streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life. Now we first are acquainted with the tree of life, if you remember, is in the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 9, and I'm going to read the English Standard Version of the scripture. It reads, and out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, the tree of life was next to, it was in the middle of the, of the garden of Eden and it was next to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, when Adam and Eve sinned, God spoke about the tree of life. And this is in Genesis chapter three, verse 22, talking about healing of a nation. And it reads, then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. 
Now, lest, the, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. What God was saying was, if Adam and Eve had eaten of the tree of life, they would have lived in their sin state forever. What am I saying? If we're looking for the healing of a nation, which is what the Lord showed us here in the book of Genesis, when he spoke of the tree of life and in the book of Revelation, even more so because it said the leaves of the tree of life were for the healing of the nation. We have to look to our source, Jesus, the Lord Jesus, who is the bread of life. And in John chapter six, verse 26 and verse 27, Jesus is speaking to this, this truth. Jesus answered a group of people he was speaking to. He said, I assure you, and most solemnly I say to you, you have been searching for me, not because you saw the signs or testing the miracles, which were testing the miracles, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. What Jesus was speaking to them about is that he had just fed over 5,000 people with only three loaves. He had the miracle of feeding 5,000 people. And the people came back again because they wanted more bread. But he said to them, do not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures and leads to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For God the Father has authorized him and put his seal on him. And in verse number 40, it says, for this is, Jesus is speaking, for this is my Father's will and purpose that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him as Savior will have eternal life and I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. Speaking of healing a nation, our healing as a nation will come from the Lord Jesus. And God is letting us know during these perilous times, during these times of uncertainty, the bread of life is here. And it's not bread that perishes. It's that living bread, the bread that saves, the, the bread that makes one whole, the one that sets us free and let us know that we're safe in him. There are those of you who are listening to this message today, healing of a nation, who you yourself desire to be healed and desire to know this Jesus, this bread of life, who God sent here as a sacrifice to heal, to heal you, whatever your, your illness, whatever your condition will be. And I want to speak to those who don't know the Lord Jesus. If you have ears to hear, and if you feel inside of you an unctioning, a pull to know the Lord Jesus, repeat after me, Heavenly Father, thank you for the healing of a nation, for the message today that pointed to your son, the Lord Jesus. I know that you brought Jesus here on earth. He came down here on earth to sacrifice for my sins. And I ask you today to forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus' sacrifice. And thank you for raising him from the dead. And now he's sitting at your right hand and he's praying for me. And I ask you to save me this day. Thank you for saving me this day. I believe God. I believe you and I believe your son, Jesus. 
Amen. Thank you for joining me today for a new creation. And remember, a new creation exists so that you will know how to apply the word of God to your everyday life. Remember, a new creation can be found in Google Podcasts. Look for Phyllis's, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S apostrophe S, a new, A-N-E-W, creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N. And I hope you will subscribe. I decree and declare that every soul that heard this message today will be healed first personally and pray for the healing of our nation. God, I pray that every soul today will draw closer to you through your son Jesus and know that you desire for them to spend eternity with you. And they open up your heart and they accept the Lord Jesus inside. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining me today for a new creation. Have a wonderful day.